Welcome to Unbossed. I am your host, Nina Turner. And I am so glad to have J.R. Jackson with me today. He is the host and executive producer of The Watch List. Jay, how you doing today? What's going on, SNT? How you feeling? It's a Thursday. I'm happy to be here to join you. You know what? I, I analyze everyone's intros. I figure out you know where the name comes from, color scheme. We went through all of this when it came to starting Watch List earlier this year. And as I watched that intro, <clears throat> I'm getting throwback vibes, I'm getting activist vibes, I'm getting civil rights, bringing us back to a real reality of what's going on in our country vibes. I think it fits perfectly, SNT. Thanks, Jay. I'm feeling that vibe too. I'm thinking about Fred Hampton, you know, all power. Mm-hmm. All power. Absolutely. Oh, that got me fired up. I like, you know, I mean, I I watched Indisputable's intro. I was like, man, Dr. Richie's got some serious good intro music. Let's not talk about it openly too loudly, but I, I, you just might have outdone him there, just a little bit. Just I like a the music. Yeah, I like just, it. Yeah. Dr. Richie got it going on too. He we does. both can Let's have, keep it real. Let's keep it real. Yes, we yeah, all got we it. We both can have cold, <laughs> blooded, hot opening. How about that? And speaking of hot, baby, the heat was on during the Demings Rubio debate. Watch this. Of course, the senator who has never run anything at all but his mouth would know nothing about helping people and being there for people when they are in trouble. He talked about pharmaceuticals. He voted against legislation that would help reduce the cost of prescription drugs and help cap the cost of insulin. And that is time. She said the brother doesn't know how to run anything but his mouth, but there's more. Now, as a police detective who investigated cases of rape and incest, no, Senator, I don't think it's okay for a 10-year-old girl to be raped and have to carry the seed of her rapist. No, I don't think it's okay for you to make decisions for women and girls as a senator. I think those decisions are made between the woman, her family, her doctor, and her faith. There it is, Congresswoman, let them know. And the 10 year old girl that she referenced is a 10 year old girl from the state of Ohio. And because Ohio makes no exceptions whatsoever because of what the Supreme Court of the United States did with Roe v. Wade, this little girl and her family had to raise money and go to another state. What kind of world, what kind of nation are we living in? When a 10 year old girl who was raped would be forced to carry a, a, a baby to term. What, 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 what's up with that? That is some heartless, cruel mess, excrement. JR, luckily I gotta keep it PG, cuz I swear I wanna cuss right now. <laughs> I'm I'm sure Demings would have liked to have let go of a few words here and there too. But <clears throat> I saw this and I was thinking about the anger, the 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 declaration she's making. You could even call a little bit of yelling, and I'm down for that. This is one of those things where it has to be detailed, outlined. Let everyone know this is what's going on. And if people want to toss around, oh, you're angry, I can't believe you're yelling. You're damn right, I'm angry about this because we're looking for someone to represent the people, to do what the people need, and to actually carry out that American dream that we like to brag about that, that claims, that, that fuels that claim that we're the best country on earth. Why is it so many people in this country have to deal with these types of situations? And then they have leaders and elected officials who don't care about solving any of those problems. Uh, doing anything about what they're happening. And as we're gonna get to, lying about what you're going to do once you're in office. And then once you're there, just not doing anything about it. It's, it's a regular thing we say about across the board, Democrats and Republicans not living up to their campaign promises. But what does that do to people? We stop talking about it there. Then what happens to their lives? The things that Republicans like to complain about all the time is what happens to their lives. So if there's a direct result of you not doing your job, whose fault is it now? Mine for voting for you. That's it. And you know, the Congresswoman, she did show the requisite anger. I mean, you could see that emotion. And we need more of that from elected officials instead of standing up there acting like everything is okay. You know, I had a boss that I worked for once upon a time, a mayor, Michael R. White, and he used to tell his cabinet all the time, if your hair is on fire, 
act like your hair is on fire. Some of these topics, you can't just stand there cool, calm and collected. A little emotion with the facts goes a long way. So Congresswoman Demings, she she did that. So Senator Marco Rubio and Representative Val Demings, as we just saw of Florida, clashed in repeatedly over gun restrictions and abortion at a debate on Tuesday where Rubio disavowed one measure he embraced four years ago after a deadly shoot, school shooting in Florida. A law banning 18 year olds from buying assault style weapons. So once that happened, actually Senator Rubio agreed that the age should be increased. In that moment, he did that with the parents and other concerned folks and then he turned around and went in the opposite direction. I wonder if it had anything to do with the owner donors. I'm sure that it did because it usually do. Watch this. Senator, you used the, the Pulse nightclub shooting as your inspiration to run again for the Senate in 2016. Parkland, uh, Pulse is in my district. And yet you've done nothing, nothing to help address gun violence and get dangerous weapons out of the hands of dangerous people. Oh, She checked them in a righteous way. You have done nothing to get dangerous guns out of the hands of dangerous people. Well, we got a little more rocking and rolling with the Congresswoman. Watch this. That's a method of voting that doesn't advantage one group or another. There's danger involved in drop boxes. People need to think about it. Okay, imagine someone decides, oh, there's a drop box. I'm just going to put some explosive in it and blow it up and burn all of those ballots, and now those votes don't count at all. Okay, there is, there is something with elections, there are two things that are very important. Number one, the count has to be accurate, the votes have to be counted accurately. But the other is there has to be public confidence. The public has to believe that the elections were fair. There is danger with the drop boxes. So let me get this straight, Senator Rubio. There's danger with the drop boxes, but not danger with the guns, with the proliferation of guns. I'm just trying to understand this. Drop box, guns, drop box, guns. In his world, JR, the drop box is more dangerous than guns in the hands of dangerous people. A Congresswoman and hopefully Senator Val Demons actually truly exposed what an empty suit Senator Marco Rubio is, that he is only standing up for his owner donors. He don't care about the people. You know, the Michael Jackson song is hitting my mind right now, JR. They don't really care about us. <laughs> and the GOP is showing very clearly that they don't really care about us. And even if the us are children, they do not care. This is the same man that was not there for the vote for hurricane relief funds for the people of the great state of Florida battling Hurricane Ian. And when he was asked, now he was out there touting JR that if it came for, if that relief came for a vote, he would vote against it. And mind you, let me remind everybody that every single member of the GOP from the great state of Florida voted against funding for hurricane relief, you heard me right, they voted against it. Senator Rubio though was not even there for the vote. However, he said beforehand that he would vote against it. And then his behind gonna skip out. Jay. And I'm also sure that he'd be, he'd be very happy to celebrate any kind of relief that did come and say that he's the champion of that. We see that as a regular thing. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene did it as well. But when it comes to this whole thing about whether or not drop boxes are, 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 are dangerous, and maybe someone can blow them up. If drop boxes are dangerous, that's actually, he was telling the truth. He really believes that. What's more dangerous is the election system, a real voting system where people can vote in multiple different ways because maybe access Things that nature that allow them to vote in those ways that have already been uh, 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 fleshed out for being as fair uh, in this election process. He is more afraid of that happening than he is of school shootings. Because which kids of his are getting shot up in schools? He doesn't care. It's Come only on. certain people that he's worried about. He's worried about his uh, re-election campaign potentially being derailed by voters. <laughs> That's what he's afraid of. So yeah, it's the truth. That's more dangerous to him. And by the way. On those blown up voter boxes, uh, he also said that the public has to believe that the election is fair. Who's telling the uh, the public that the election is not fair? Donald Trump, sure. Marco Rubio, and other folks like him. So if you guys are telling people that the election is not fair, and maybe election uh, boxes will get blown up because those are part of the unfairness, who's blowing up election boxes in this uh, in this scenario that you presented? Your supporters.
Do you think people who are putting their votes in those mailboxes are blowing them up? What sense does that make? What it means is, is my people may blow up some election boxes. I'm part of a terrorist group. We may blow up election boxes because we're afraid of the results therein. There it is. And January 6th, Jay, if we ever need a reminder of folks who just flat out did not believe in the outcome of the 2020 presidential election and determined that they were gonna wreak havoc and mayhem and misdeeds and break the law. Baby, we saw it on January 6th. Those are the types of people that would blow up a, a vote, a ballot box. You know, those are the folks that you were describing that we would have to worry about. Florida, listen, please. For the love of God, you deserve better. Really, get 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 your senator. This is your opportunity to send him home, and what he will do when he get home is just go on and work for a cushy a lobbyist firm, and and you know that's what he gonna do. Just send his butt home. You deserve better between your governor and this senator and those other GOP members that did not vote for relief after Hurricane Ian. Seriously, Republicans, I'm talking to you. Y'all, you need better, you deserve better. Go and vote that man out. You have an excellent, excellent person to be able to fill those shoes who actually care about the people. And that is Congresswoman Val Deming. So do yourself a favor, do your children a favor. Please do our nation a favor, send Rubio home. Please do it for somebody you love. Jay, we going on to our next story because baby, I could just spend all day on this Rubio situation. I'm I'm, bite, I'm biting my lip right now. I was like, I'm not gonna say more. I'm gonna chill. Woo! But but I mean, Congresswoman Val Demon, she did that. Mm-hmm. I, I want her to know you did that. Absolutely. Yes, she Absolutely. did. Now, unfortunately, millions are set to lose Medicaid and food benefits. Millions of Americans, this can happen. Let's uh, take a look at the headline from. Common dream. Imminent danger, millions set to lose Medicaid, food benefits once public health emergency ends. When the public health emergency ends, many individuals and families will experience the cumulative impact of losing access to both Medicaid and SNAP. Advocates warn. So this is coming from Common Dreams. Let's take another look at another fact point in less than three months. Millions of people across the US could be kicked off Medicaid and see their food benefits slashed if the Biden administration declines to further extend the federal public health emergency that was first declared at the start of the corona pandemic. Millions, more than 40 million people to be exact across the United States are currently receiving SNAP benefits. And around 90 million are on Medicaid or the Children's Health Insurance Program, and that is CHIP. Now, the Biden administration did extend the public health emergency through January the 11th, but that's right around the corner. And these millions of people who are depending on this assistance, they need some certainty. You know, you always hear these folks that are for the corporations talk about what kind of certainty they need. Well, what about the certainty of the folks in the hoods? Where they misunderstood, whether it's the rural hoods, the urban hoods, or the suburban hoods, baby, they need some certainty too. As far as I know, you know what? Some folks think the pandemic is over. The pandemic ain't over. We might be done with the pandemic, but the pandemic is not done with us. And the residual impact of this pandemic is still being felt throughout this country, especially among the poor and the working poor. You just can't shake this thing like that. It is still going on and people still need relief. Jay? Uh, this is one of those things uh, uh, and, and there's a debate over whether or not this should be extended or after it's extended then the next step and the next step and the loosening of the requirements. All that that will then allow many of these folks in charge of these many of these uh, red states to then go immediately going and taking them off of it or changing the rules to make sure that it goes the way that they want it to. For what purpose though? That's the question we I don't think we ask. Enough. Is it to save some money? It's really weird because these are constituents. These are folks that are looking to survive. These are the folks that they're complaining about, or they're complaining in favor of, at least they claim to all the time. We're talking about inflation, we're talking about gas prices, we're talking about food prices when you go to the grocery store. All those things are affecting these same folks. So why is it your first actionable thing that you do? This is your movements versus your your words you say when you're campaigning is to go directly at those same people's throats. And take away something that's assisting them as far as far as what's happened with this pandemic. 
And if you're upset that the pandemic officially economically at least hasn't ended for so many people, maybe you should do something about that. What is the plan to do something about the fact that you're still upset that the pandemic has not ended economically, at least in this point, which it hasn't helped no. either. But economically, how it's affecting so many people and how then these people need these benefits to a certain degree. What is it really doing to people? There's more numbers I'm sure you're gonna get to on this, but I just wanna point out how this is the first step that they go after. Why aren't they going after the money? Sure. There's not much here, by the way, as far as how many people are affected by this. No, Jay, that is exactly right. And thank goodness for the advocates that are out there pushing ahead of time before January gets here to sound the alarm and let folks know you got to do something about this. Let them know right now that these benefits will be extended because they need to between talks about a you know a recession looming, inflation, you know, all of the variables that make it very hard for people who were already in survival mode before the pandemic. I mean, if you're living inside the bubble, then you can have a very cavalier attitude and say that the pandemic is over. But it is not over at all. And it is going to take an extraordinarily long time for people to recover. And so we should, there's promise in the problem, which is, Jay, we could really go big. This country could have went big. Medicare for all, all those, we don't have to worry about Medicaid because everybody would have healthcare. This is the moment to go big. Let's put up a chart about what inflation is doing because some of these special folks, you know, want to say that the inflation has something to do with the little raises that people got. The raises, in wages that some folks receive is not more than inflation. And we can see how people are still suffering in this country right now. And this comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics about the, the inflation rate. So Jake, folks got about a 5%, about 5% wage increase. Inflation is what? Over 8.2% according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So we still have a long way to go. In other words, workers got a pay cut because their wages are not keeping up with inflation. And speaking of inflation, and I want you to react to this. Mm -hmm. uh, my stunt double on Twitter, I was, I was acting up. And so I said, you know, inflation <laughs> is going up, but there's one thing that has stayed the same. Let's go ahead and put up my tweet, please. Arizona iced tea is still 99 cents, baby, 99 <laughs> cents. Jay, I went, yeah, it's still 99 <laughs> cents. But meanwhile, inflation is on the damn rise. No lie, I was gonna, I thought you would, would have been, my, the reference point in my brain was Arizona iced tea. Obviously, that's the basic one. I was, right. the first thing I swear I was gonna say was, but let's keep it real, the Kiwi strawberry is absolutely <laughs> the best version. It's not tea. But it's still Arizona iced tea, <laughs> just like Fruitopia. I got night. some others. I got some herbal, you know, all 99 <laughs> cents, baby. Don't you mess with me. Okay, I got my supply, 99 cents. <laughs> Hey, Fruitopia in 1994 was also the bomb. So let's just keep it real. That's actually what we, we were all on board for. And you can see, I love that example. Look, you can see what can happen and what people want to do when it comes to their business. And by the way, Arizona is not out. Of business yet? Obviously, they're still pumping out things like that, and we got S and T buying several. I mean, how many did you buy? Six. Because I can afford this. Because <laughs> they stay, it's staying ninety nine cents. So why is inflation going up? But Arizona tea can remain ninety nine damn cents. Okay, and here it is. We were just talking about the debate with with Val Demings. And Marco Rubio. And if you're in a back and forth discussion with someone who's complaining about inflation, costs of food, and all that, gas prices, everything that's an issue, because those are real issues. Yes. And then you bring up these real stats, like, look, or maybe just bring up that we have an issue with our wages. And they're like, well, I mean, if you're just lazy and don't work hard enough, then that's just the problem. So if the inflation is higher than wages, what needs to change? Ask them for the answers, because there's on. always questions, there's always complaints. When is the answer going to be given? Before what you even have a debate answer? with a Republican, I hope some of these Democrats that have these debates and they're they're complaining and saying all the stuff that Democrats are ushering in. Ask them, what's the answer then? I've there got it several. Is. What's yours? What's hey Jay, what they need to go ahead and do is what Congresswoman Val Demings did. All he all he's ever run for is his mouth, baby. She laid that was a drop mic on that. <laughs> and speaking of dropping mics, Jay and I will be. Right back after this break. Welcome back. 
Let's read some of the comments from the viewers. We have a TYT member, Prince says, yes, Nina, <laughs> repping Arizona ice tea. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I drink is diet Arizona green tea. <laughs> Go ahead on Prince, I'm with you baby. On Twitch, we got Socialist Dragon says, loving the Ohio representation from SNT. Happy sub anniversary to me. Oh, that is so beautiful. Now listen, every day I'm gonna remind you, Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner. Let's not forget about her. Her wife has asked us if we are on social media, hashtag free BG. Okay, that's hashtag free BG. And then lastly, remember the people in Jackson do not have clean water. They need our help and here at TYT, we are doing our part to raise money to help our sisters and brothers and our family and friends in Jackson, Mississippi. So I need you to go to tyt.com slash relief. That is tyt.com slash relief. Can you do that? Each one reach one, each one help one. Yeah, let's do that. All right, Liz Trust resign. Baby, over there across the pond, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Watch this. The list here, 45p tax cut, gone. Corporation tax cut, gone. 20p tax cut, gone. Two-year energy freeze, gone. Tax-free shopping, gone. Economic credibility, gone. And her supposed best friend, the former chancellor, he's gone as well. They're all gone. So why is she still here? Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I am a fighter and not a quitter. Mr. Speaker, I am a fighter, not a quitter. Well, baby, you quit. Okay, and after that brother got done enumerating on her behind jail, I just, he was like, gone. So it's gone. So it's so gone. Why is she still here? You know what? They dropping the mics over there, over there across the pond too, just like we doing it over here. So why is she stepping down? I'm so glad you asked because she tried to give tax cuts to the super rich. Yeah, like the neoliberals over here do. But in this case, it blew up in her face. So watch this. By the conservative party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low tax, high growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. Now remember, she replaced Boris Johnson as Prime Minister, and now she is out of here. Let's put up this headline here, shall we? From the New York Times, UK government goes full tilt on tax cuts and free market economics. You know, that kind of lays out fair stuff. The new administration's plans are a break from the Boris Johnson's Johnson era and represent a turn towards Thatcherism. Mm-hmm. The negative reaction from financial markets underscored the extent of the gamble. She gambled and baby, she gambled wrong. Jay, I'm thinking about Kenny Rogers now. You gotta know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to run, okay? She gambled and baby, she gambled wrong. Let's look at the trust plan, shall we? Reagan style tax cuts for the rich, deregulation, free market economics. That's it, that kind of lays out fair economics. That just says, just let it be. The market will take care of everything, just let it be. They have no rules, no regulations. Don't look out for the poor, the working poor and the barely middle class. Just let corporations do whatever they do and everything is gonna be all right. Well, she got a clue real quick. That everything was not going to be all right, and she out of here, Jay. But the first question I have is, how do we get this kind of this style of, I guess, ushering someone out here? Because again, we see some of the similarities. We talk about their tax cuts, deregulation, free market principles, whatever the hell that means, and whatever the hell that they decide to back that mean. 
What it ends up being is more money in the pockets of the people who gave them the money to make those rules and to come up with those types of tax cuts for those particular people. So if you get ushered out and there's all this pressure comes towards you, even her own party, as they just figured out, she's not the leader that we need. She's unable to carry out some of these campaign promises, at least whatever way she put it, some of the promises or agenda of the party, and therefore she has to leave. Wow, that was easy. How does that work? Can we pull that off over here? I know. I mean, it was swift. I mean, sister was only in there 45 days, depending on where you are in the world, or 44 days. I mean, that was quick. And you're right. How can we get some of that action What's wrong over with here in the United States of America? And even, you know, the markets crashed before her plan could even fully take, take root, take root. And even President Biden criticized her. Let's put this up. Joe Biden calls Liz Truss tax cuts a mistake. As political fallout continues, US President rejects cutting taxes on the super wealthy and says he is not the only world leader critical of the abandoned plan. Oh, yeah. So I, I want us to do some of that over here. Let's criticize some of them tax cuts over here. But the president definitely got it right on that one. Jay, I want to see some of that action though happen over here. Yeah, there's the thing. Also, the fact that her party was 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 basically rose up against her because of the political pressure, how bad it looked and all that was partially because these, let's keep it real. It was some of these uh, some of these bigger money makers, people who they actually care about had an issue with how this was looking so bad. There was uncertainty within the markets because then after this happened, then the market crashed and they're dealing with both inflation and a slow growth economy and all this stuff is happening to them, by the way. In case everyone over here is thinking about it, inflation and slow growth economy and issues with the economy itself based off of these types of rules. Seems like it's not just the fault of one particular party in the United States. We have this egocentric view of our country as being the one thing that drives everything in the world. If someone else is dealing with this as well, it just might be a problem that happens for other reasons than it being the Democratic Party of the United States of America. But either way it goes, she got ousted because partially because those folks that are in the money making positions are like, we can't have this instability within our leadership. That's gonna hurt us and our money. You notice they care about us and our money and getting rid of someone that fast, but all the people that were negatively affected by this deregulation, slow growth economy, inflation, all that that's happening to them, were they listened to? Was that mentioned anywhere in these articles about how the regular working class people are so upset about what's going on, and that's why we had to oust this leader? No, no, no. it's the people with the money. And Jay, you make a very important point. It makes me think of something that Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm once said. She said, when it comes to morality and money, money seldom loses. Mm. And baby, that's a word for the ages. You hear me? That is a word for all times. It is so true, unfortunately. Now, so in response to the criticism, a trust about face, let's put up our chart here. She abandoned the tax cuts. Mm. She fired top financial officials because it couldn't have been her. She put a price cap on energy and then she resigned. That's exactly what she did. So the new UK finance minister reversed almost all of the controversial now abandoned economic plan. Good for you. And so it was looking bad for a while. Let's put this up. By the time of her resignation, She had the lowest public approval rating of any prime minister since the early 1990s and was becoming deeply unpopular even among conservatives. A YouGov poll this week said 55% of conservative voters, Jay, to your point, Mm -hmm. wanted her out. I mean, her own, isn't that something though? See, because in this country, you get, you know, people don't like you to criticize. If you criticize your own party, you get roughed up, you know. They don't want you to do that. You're not a real Democrat, or you're not a real Republican. Especially happens on the Democratic side. You're not real. What's not real about standing up? What's not real about standing up for the people? So her own party definitely got her out of there. Yes, they did. Oh my God, it's so absolutely refreshing, Jay. She gone to finally see something like this happening again. There has to be based in some kind of truth. So at the end of the day, we have to see that there's something wrong. And after they all acknowledge and agree something is wrong, then someone has to be the one or the uh, some approach has to be the reasons why we've gotten here. Now, I, I worry in this particular case, she's been ousted, she's resigned and all that stuff. But it's not like there's gonna be some kind of significant serious change in policy or everyone that agreed with her just didn't like the way that she did it. But it doesn't mean they're like, man, that whole approach that we had was totally misguided. I don't know why we didn't think this through. Let's change course. Let's keep it real, that's not gonna happen either. 
And the conservatives, I mean, the kicker to this is that the conservatives over here in this country was actually amening and high fiving and fist bumping what she what she did, her plan. What are they uh, I now? wonder how they're feeling about it exactly. now. So what's ahead for her successor? Mistrust successor will have to navigate. Yeah, baby, navigate. Let's put up that graphic, a political crisis and the economic turbulence with Britain dealing with stagflation. The combination of slow growth and high inflation, the new leader is almost sure to face a long winter of discontent with real wages forecast to fall. Labor unions promising a series of strikes and many voters demanding elections. That's it. That's the kind of stuff we want to see. Make the damn demand on these elected leaders. Shake them up. Do not let them get away with this stuff. Baby, we're going to keep on pushing. Here we go. We are coming back over to the United States. Jay, thanks for traveling a little bit over the pond <laughs> with me and all the viewers going it. over there with us. Now we back here in the United States of America. CJ Rice and the legal system. So the legal system was designed to favor big money. We know that because poor people did not get a chance to create this system. It was the people with the wealth and the influence that created the current legal system that we have. And guess what? That legal system does not work on behalf most of the time of poor people or black people or brown people. No, it doesn't work. It works for the ultra, ultra, ultra wealthy most of the time. So Jake Tapper of CNN State of the Union recently wrote an article in the Atlantic which specifically addresses the failures of the Sixth Amendment. And I wanna shout out Jake for writing this story and following this and so glad that he did and hopefully this will help other people. So we're putting this up, we see this, this is not justice. A Philadelphia teenager and the empty promise of the Sixth Amendment by Jake Tapper. So this starts in Philadelphia with a young man named CJ Rice and a chance encounter with Jake Tapper's father, Dr. Ted Tapper. He is a pediatrician, Uh, take a look at this. This is the case of C.J. Rice, who's been locked up for more than a decade for a crime Dr. Tapper believes he did not commit. In an Atlantic article that came out today, Tapper outlines Rice's case. At 17 years old, back in 2011, Rice was shot while riding his bike in Philadelphia. Rice believes it was a result of mistaken identity. Rice went to Dr. Tapper for follow-up care in September 2011. He had received more than two dozen staples, fractured his pelvis, and lost muscle strength. Dr. Tapper says Rice could barely walk and was in a lot of pain. Now it's important to keep CJ's injuries in your mind as you watch this next clip. Less than a week later, the teenager was arrested for a shooting in South Philadelphia that injured four people, including a six-year-old girl. Rice and a friend were charged in what police saw as a possible retaliation crime. They were both tried. Rice's friend was acquitted, but he was convicted of attempted murder. According to Tapper's reporting in The Atlantic, there was never any physical evidence connecting Rice to the crime. Eyewitness testimony was questionable at best, and there were serious issues with his legal representation. Dr. Tapper has also raised questions about Rice's physical ability to carry out the shooting and flee the scene while still recovering from his injuries. Now, sadly, Rice's experience is all too familiar. This is not an outlier. This happens, unfortunately, regularly. So nationally, 69% of DNA exonerations, that's 252 out of 367 cases, have involved eyewitness misidentification, making it the leading contributing cause of these wrongful convictions. This is coming from the Innocence Project. Jay? It's quite obviously an illustration of what's wrong with our judicial system. It's what people always complain about is when we talk about how it's systematically racist, biased. If it's based on people's eyewitnesses accounts that many times are wrong, or also based on whether or not someone gets a competent attorney that many folks can't afford, then it leans on whether or not they're found guilty or not guilty of things. Or whether or not the prosecutors who we've seen in many cases, openly and knowingly skew evidence, ignore other things, 
actually try to just to get this one guy, or in this particular case, this one kid in jail based off of nothing. It's based off getting that conviction. Because if you get enough convictions, then your career takes off. If your career takes off, you make more money. If you make more money, then you can maybe transition to other things. Maybe you want to be a politician one day and you go, the whole time I was practicing law and I was a prosecutor for 25 years, I convicted so many people, I'm tough on crime. How much do we hear that as we're going through these midterm elections now from many politicians talking about how they're tough on crime, law and order. We have to make sure we put the bad guys away. But at the end of all of this, as we're seeing the incompetence with his counsel, the lack of, of, of asking anyone else what happened or seeing if this makes any sense. If you watch the first 48, you could see where's the investigation on this? Because this doesn't make any sense, just television types of things like this. But in real life, it, we don't have time for that apparently. And you'll see people like CJ ending up in prison facing this types of, these types of prison sentences. And it doesn't make much sense. Because we just don't care. So do we want crime off the streets or do we just want to put people in jail? We're finding that it's somewhere in the middle. It's really, really sad. And just, you know, as we're wrapping up this story, Rice's mother, Crystal Cooper, you know, she tried very hard to help her son, but our broken legal system reared his ugly head. Let's put this up again more from Jake's article. Outside the station, she called a former colleague, a Sanjay Weaver. Then working as a defense attorney, as Cooper listed on the uh, listened on the speakerphone, Weaver cautioned that Rice should say nothing to the police without her present. She promised to hurry over, but for whatever reason, Weaver failed to show up. Cooper lacked the money to make bail for Rice, so he would remain confined while awaiting trial, like any other criminal defendant without resources. Rice would not go on trial for more than a year. So on top of being arrested without any physical evidence, Rice's Sixth Amendment rights were violated. Let me remind you, we're gonna put this up. Let us remind you what that amendment says, guarantees that Rights of criminal defendants, including the right to a public trial without unnecessary delay, the right to a lawyer, the right to an impartial jury, and the right to know who your accusers are and the nature of the charges and evidence against you. That was denied. None of those things happened for Rice. Weaver would eventually represent Rice as a public attorney assigned by the court. Really, really, really a sad story. And again, this is not rare, this is commonplace. We have a legal system in the United States of America that is broken. It is actually working, let me back up. It's working as it was designed, which is to work against the poor, to work in poor and the barely middle class. And if you are black or brown, forget about it. We have to fix this system from the streets to the courts. Cuz this is not just about policing in America, this is about a broken system. That must be fixed, must be changed. Because a lot of activists on that side, Jay, would say, no, forget it, it ain't broken. It, it, it needs to be reimagined. We need to do a new thing. Speaking of new things, so I want you to follow this. Again, thank you, Jake Tapper, for this incredible story about CJ Rice. And hopefully, this story will help others. We will be right back. Welcome back. My favorite part of the show is reading your comments. So here we go. TYT member Karen says, baby, Liz Trust gone. <laughs> she put 100 E's behind that. <laughs> Karen, I hope I'm doing you justice, baby. But yeah, she is out of here. On Twitch, Muffet says, love your new show, Nina. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Muffet. And on YouTube Super Chat, Progressive Queen says, I just get so excited watching Unboss. My Shiro got her own show and I'm loving it. She put a heart up, a face with two hard eyes. Hashtag hello somebody, hashtag unbought and unbossed. You better say that Progressive Queen. <laughs> yes, ma'am, that's how we doing it over here at TYT. Thanks each and every one of you for being supporters of not only this show, but of the TYT network. Please phone a friend. Tell them go ahead and subscribe and become a member at TYT. All right, Jay, here we go. We ready. The pandemic is not over. So an evergreen reminder that COVID-19 pandemic is not over. And unfortunately, pregnant mothers are being killed by 
this terrible virus. So a report released on Wednesday by the US Government Accountability Office really does paint a bleak picture. Let's take a look. It finds that pregnancy related deaths have spiked nearly 80% since 2018 with COVID-19 being a factor in a quarter of the 1,178 deaths reported last year. Oh My God, and here's a more specific breakdown of that study. Let's take a look at this. The GAO study finds that maternal deaths increased during the pandemic compared to 2018 and 2019. COVID-19 contributed to 25% of maternal deaths in 2020 and 2021. The maternal death rate for black or African American women was disproportionately higher compared to white and Hispanic or Latina women. This is coming from the Government Accountability Office, no surprise there, Jay. Well, this is another one of those uh, situations where I think most people who will pay attention to the way that things work, or also already with our maternity uh, death rates and maybe babies that don't make it out, are always, as, as obviously as pointed out, affects the disenfranchised the most, the folks that we just don't generally care about. So if that's the case, we got people like, I promise this is the only time I'm gonna say his name, Kanye West. And Candace Owens and all these folks talking about the biggest murder of black babies in this country is Planned Parenthood. So we've got issues with black babies, if you want to call it murder, dying in normal, what would be normal situations of childbirth and parents and mothers as well. So if we're worried about that, why isn't a bunch of money going towards making sure that this isn't a problem anymore? There's a shortage of hospitals, there's a shortage in hospitals closing, a shortage of staff members, obviously because of COVID-19 stuff. The hurdles with regarding getting certain kinds of care in certain areas and people just not able to do it. So many times they have it at home. There's so many dangers around the lack of care that comes from certain people that we deem not important until we need them for political expediency. Until we need to drop some names and say, I care about black folks so I can go get elected. What are you doing? It goes back to the same thing. There's talk and then there's action. They talk about how they care about black babies dying every day. But where's the money? Where's the action? Where's the legislation? Where's the action behind making sure that doesn't happen anymore? If the action isn't there, Neither is their care. They just That's don't care. That's it, Jay. You laying it down. And let's add to that the attack on reproductive rights by the GOP. They're attacking it hard, not just the Supreme Court of the United States, but many of these states that are controlled by the GOP got into action. This is something that they have been working to dismantle Roe v. Wade for a very long time. The overall health of expectant mothers have that has definitely taken a big hit. It's also another reminder of the irony of pro-life politicians who happen to be anti-vax and COVID deniers. Uh, check out this op-ed uh, right now. We're gonna put up this graphic from Molly Jong Fast from last year, which rings true today. My body, my choice, the paradox of Republican anti-vaxxers. I mean, that is the irony, right? My body, my choice, they, I don't have to get vaccinated. But when it comes to my body, my choice in terms of reproductive health, they are all right with government being just small enough to fit into a uh, to a woman's womb. That's they 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 are right with that. So we are on the precipice, really, and this is what Molly had to say in the article. We are on the precipice of the end of Roe and the beginning of a period of Republican legislation of women's bodies. But this change comes steeped in irony. The same group that wants to make it impossible for you to end your pregnancy is furiously insistent. That showing proof of a vaccination should be illegal. Jay, you know, my grandmother would say, my maternal grandmother would say for something like this, got more nerve than a brass A monkey. Yeah, <laughs> she would. I, I still have yet to find, find that brass A monkey, but I understand <laughs> what she's saying. This is a whole lot of nerve, basically, is what grandma's saying. Yeah, they don't mean what they say is really all it is. And think about the money that goes to making sure that we ended Roe v. Wade and all these campaigns against it, and not the money that goes to saving actual lives. Yeah, oh my looking God. to be delivered. Looking to be delivered, there it is. WTF, neoliberals, we need to walk the walk. This is for President Biden, uh, here we go. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. I'm calling oil companies to pass the savings on to consumers. Consider this. 
In the second quarter of this year, profits at six of the largest producers, publicly traded oil companies, were more than $70 billion. That's $70 billion in just one quarter, 90 days, $70 billion. So far, American oil companies are using that windfall, the windfall of profits, to buy back their own stock, passing that money on to their shareholders, not to consumers. That is what the president said, but instead, you know, he, he asked the oil companies to give back to consumers instead of hemming them up, letting them know there's gonna, you know, we're gonna do something about this. How about a windfall profits tax? That would help a lot. Asking them, it's almost like asking the, the, the fox that guards the hen house to, to do right. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's the same thing over and over again. We see our president pleading with oil executives that have made so much profit. I mean, profit on top of profit, on top of profit, on top of profit, all at the expense of the everyday citizen in this country. So he recently wrote a letter to the president of Exxon Mobil begging him to lower the prices. President Biden, I want to remind you, brother, you're the president. You ain't got to beg nobody. Just lay it down. Lay down the law on these folks. They are unpatriotic what they're doing. A director of Fossil Free Media, Jamie Him, called for more action. Let's put up Jamie's graphic here, his tweet. This is more like it. Now tell Congress to pass a big oil windfall profit tax. That's exactly what we need to have happen. The Stop the Oil profiteering campaign echoed the same message as Jamie did. This is what they went on to say. The price gouging for big oil is unacceptable, and that's exactly why we need a big oil windfall profit tax. The most simple first step to stop this profiteering and deliver immediate relief to working people across the country. Data shows that a windfall profit tax targeting big oil is massively. Let me bold underlines, underscore, exclamation point, massively popular with the people of this country, the people in the United States of America. Let's put up what Dr. Robert Reich tweeted, shall we? The five biggest oil companies are on pace to make $140 billion this year. Yeah, that is billion dollars with a B. We don't have to tolerate big oil's greed. Britain's conservative government enacted a 25% windfall profit tax on oil and gas. If Britain's conservatives can do it, oh, so can Biden and the Democrats. That's real, Jay. When's the last time you heard maybe the President of the United States wondering when this group of random folks, middle class Americans, working class folks are mad about something and therefore if they're upset about it, especially when it comes to economically, tax breaks, any of that stuff that he's concerned himself with enough to go, you know what, we're gonna stop it right there. No, no, it's only certain groups in certain industries. This is a big oil problem. As you see, the 140, I think it was $140 billion they're looking to make yes. just this year of those few five companies. It's unfettered capitalism. So if you can be about announcing how much of a capitalist you are, are you in favor of unfettered capitalism when there's no regulation? In fact, if you have enough money, you can do whatever the hell that you want. We have a bunch of libs, we have a bunch of Democrats that have been toying with the idea of socialism. Even though we have socialist policies and legislation within our government already, fine. But they have to make sure they made that clarification. This was a big term now. I'm sorry, I'm not a, I'm not a socialist. I'm a democratic socialist, just so you guys won't be afraid of me. How many times have you heard capitalists have to identify and make sure that they tell all us libs, hey, don't get mad at me. I'm not an unfettered capitalist, I'm a controlled capitalist. I'm a regulatory capitalist because they're not. There's no such thing in this country. It's unfettered capitalism and everything that you do is to make sure that you give these folks more money because they paid the folks that make those decisions to give them more money. Why aren't we afraid of all of these tons of regular people who are like, I'm sick of this. Instead of just using their stories of sitting around the dinner table wondering about the food, putting $5 in their gas tank. If you're using them for their stories, why aren't you listening to them and helping them get out of that situation? Because they don't have the money. It has nothing to do with their problems, it has to do with who's paying them. It's the same story over and over and over and over again. I could say the same thing about the next problem in our country economically and how our regular citizens are getting screwed over. It's the same oh. story. 
over and over and over again, Jay, the owner donors get to be in control. Now, Dem strategist Mike Lux said the following, there is not a reason in the world Democrats need to be defensive or mushy about their plan for inflation. Populist message on this issue has been tested repeatedly by the smartest posters in the business and it works. You know what, we need to stop wealthy corporations with monopoly power. Plain and simple, this laissez faire way of dealing with the economy is not working at all. Well, I take that back, Jay. It is working for a certain class of people, but for the overwhelming majority of folks in this country, laissez faire does not work. And the fact that taxing big oil and gas is popular with the people, it should be happening. But it is not. And it's one of those things that make you ask why. And I'm glad you asked why. It is because absolutely the owner donors are in full control. The Democrats absolutely need to be harder on these corporations. Dr. Robert Reich got that so right. Yes, he 100%. did. Oh, Jay, I'm going to my jawbone right now. <laughs> and today, 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 we are highlighting one of my favorite actors, one of my favorites. And this is what Mr. Denzel Washington had to say. He said, the most selfish thing you can do in this world is to help somebody else. That's a vibe, Jay. <laughs> the most selfish thing that we can do in this world is to help somebody else. Okay. And that makes life so much more worth the living. I really do. I want you to take Brother Denzel Washington's advice. Do something for somebody. Give him a kind word. You know, Lift somebody, help somebody. That is a selfish thing. And one of the reasons, Jay, that Denzel said it was selfish because it was about the feeling that you get knowing that you help somebody else. That that feeling of, of gratitude and fulfillment because in fact, you use your skills and or your ability to be kind to somebody else. Jay, a quick word on that. Yeah, we're a society. If you lift up other folks, you get lifted up too. That's the selfish part about this. It comes from companies to schooling to anything. If you Ooh. lift other folks up, we're a society. Everyone should benefit. If you lift somebody else up, you get lifted too. Amen and amen. And speaking of lifting, you lift us up every single day. I want to thank all of the viewers, all of the subscribers of Unbossed. We really do appreciate you in this premiere week. Jay, I want to thank you for being with me today. I want everybody out there, I want you to keep the faith. But by God, keep the fight. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.